Tonight is an awesome night of premieres. First, it's Emmy winning The Voice. Then it's the return of the show that always surprises us. Emmy winning This Is Us. Don't miss Jack and Rebecca's first date. Followed by the premiere of the powerful new drama, New Amsterdam. Tonight on NBC. Abbott and Valdez, head-to-head for the first time, the fight for Texas. We are going to keep Texas the most exceptional state. We may have all that money, but we've got the grassroots. The Texas gubernatorial debate, Friday at 7 on NBC5. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, 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 Another evening on the old, the old airwaves of Turf Show Radio, Blog Talk Radio, Ramit in the background. These might be the final days of the version of Turf Show Radio we've come to know and love. Changes our foot, man. It's 2008. Things got to change, you know. Uh, changes. Joining me tonight, at 3K underscore Bravo at Seattle Rams underscore NFL. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Jerks, chilling. Joey, trying to get this. Joey's booting right now. I'll, I'll pick up the jerks. jerks. Let's see. Let's see where we're Joey. Still not coming through. It's it's. See, this is 2018. I've talked about this often. Technology is hard. It's meant to destroy us all. Um, and it is what it is. We'll get Joey in here in a second. Uh, what's going on, man? It's 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 Monday night. We need a we need a lifestyle update before we do anything else. Did you watch the game tonight? Did you watch the Steelers Buccaneers game? Uh, you know, my son, I think we mentioned this a couple episodes ago, my son got married uh, a couple of weeks ago, so he and my new daughter-in-law just arrived back from their, their honeymoon, and uh, they came they go? and made a, little, made a little dinner tonight, so that's what we did. We did a little dinner, and I didn't get to watch the game, but I was uh, watching the scoreboard via my phone slightly without getting in trouble with my wife, because I had two guys on my fantasy team. I had uh, Connor, I had uh, Juju, and I was playing the guy who had A.B., and we were separated by just a few points. So I kept watching the scoreboard and, and, and saw, saw some of what was going on, but I didn't actually get to watch the game. What was the honeymoon? Uh, you know what? Uh, they, they're, two, they're two weird kids. They love animals and things like that. And so they went down to California, and uh, they spent a couple of days in Southern California, did Disney, rented a convertible, drove up the coast to Salinas and Monterey, and then they went and stayed at a – Wildlife preserve uh, where the bunch of animals are. So they hung out with a bunch of elephants. Well, they yeah, slept in a bungalow, like a pretty much like a, a fancy tent. And uh, every morning they got up to go like help with elephants. So it's like the things you see people do in Thailand. Pretty much what they did here. Sure. Gave animals that, like these elephants baths and fed them and held them exercise and all that all that stuff. And they did that for three days as well. They kind of loved it. Then they drove uh, drove back down and then flew back home. So they spent spent a couple of weeks just driving up and down the coast of California, having a good time, and that's uh, that's what they wanted to do. Hawaii is not their style. Two, uh, interesting. Two questions. What is a bungalow? I'm not. I don't. What differentiates a bungalow from other other types of dwellings? It it was uh, it was a glorified tent. So they had they had a they had a hard floor. It was off the ground. Okay. But everything else was pretty much like a tent. Like the walls were a tent, and they had a little makeshift wow. roof. But they had uh, an actual working toilet in this thing, so they called it a bungalow. It, it, I saw pictures of it. It looked like a t- like a something you do in the in the Cub Scouts. Yeah, I've heard of the yurts. I know the yurt. I don't. I don't. I'm not up on this. This is not my strength. Uh, I don't know. Here, here's the other question. You said they're into animals. I love animals, but are they are they PETA people? 
Uh, no, they're not like crazy uh, Greenpeace. We're gonna we're gonna burn you down. They just love they just love animals. They like animals. I like an animal. Love an animal. I love a zoo. I absolutely love the zoo. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, that's that's their wheelhouse. I think I heard Joey mumbling in the background. Joey, is that you? I did. Yes. Hello. Like there you are. There what? you are. You sound. I can't tell. You sound like you're talking through a pillowcase. It's perfect turf show radio uh, audio. <laughs> what? What? Do, let's do this. Why don't you uh, hang up and call back in on your phone? We'll patch you in that way. We'll make it happen. Life fun. Um, as I'm getting the post out, Robo, um, let me do this. What? 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 What were your thoughts on? Gosh, what's the way the NFL writ large? Before we get to the Rams. Your thoughts on Sunday, your thought of, you know, where things stand. We're through three weeks. The NFL is now – we've gotten through week one. You know, the, the way things always go, the media likes to phrase it is week one is misleading. Week two is overcorrecting. Week three is the first part of the season where they, where teams start to normalize and kind of look like themselves. Well, what what do you think about from Sunday? Uh, if normalized means the Patriots are one and two, I'm all about that. <laughs> the Patriots – was that – was that – I mean, I guess it's not shocking because uh, Mac, you know, Patricia, the former defensive coordinator, if anyone should know how to shut down Tom Brady in that offense, uh, it should be him. But in any world, should the Detroit Lions be able to take care of business against the Pats like that? Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, the Dolphins 3-0, and that's a little bit of a surprise. Um, who else? I watched uh, – my wife is a Panthers fan, so I watched the Panthers-Bengals game exclusively. So we watched the football that game. team or the animals? <laughs> she likes she likes Cam Newton, so I'm gonna go with the football team. And now she's a she's a uh, McCaffrey fan as well. Now it's it's really weird. The woman never liked football the entire. We've been married for over 20 years. Never liked football until a couple of years ago. Started watching Cam give a give kids a football after he scored a touchdown, and she's a softie for old men and kids. And uh, so she's like, "Yeah, I, I like this guy." So she started watching. Panthers are her favorite team, and now she's I caught her commenting. On Facebook the other day, yesterday, How about that? she's she's commenting on like Christian McCaffrey's post game presser. I'm like, what the hell did I create? So you've uh, created a blog strip. You've created yeah, a blog like, strip. What? Who is this woman? Who is this woman? Uh, what else? Carson Wentz made a return, right? So that's uh, mm. and had a had a big win. Had a little come from behind win. So that that's kind of relevant, I think. Uh, Redskins look pretty legit. They put it on the. The Packers this week, so there's some interesting, there's some interesting. I guess the Falcons and and Saints had a, a shootout as well, so there's some interesting stuff going on there. And then you know the Jimmy G injury, uh, Josh Rosen and the, and the NFC West is going to be starting next week. There's, there's some Rosen. stuff going on. That poor they bastard. Put, he has put, to, poor his Josh. first start. His first start is going to be in Seattle against you know they aren't the team they used to be, but that defense is still pretty good with Earl Thomas, Bobby Wagner. And uh, that crowd is still pretty damn loud, and they're gonna make him start, have his first career start up here. Uh, you know, throw him into the fire, see what happens. You gotta love making your NFL debut in the waning seconds of a game, needing a touchdown, hail mary. Joey, we have patched you in through tactical satellite using one of my old yes. Department of Defense contracts. So look at it. it. Oh my gosh, it's a beautiful thing when technology comes together. We missed your lifestyle update. Uh, how are things, Joey? Oh, any movies this weekend? Um, well, you know, there's, um, I don't, I don't know if there's any movies this weekend. No, I, I think, um, everything's pretty, pretty, pretty low on the desire to see list. 
Um, I think uh, what is there? There's there's some terrible movies like uh, I heard Life Itself is one of like the worst movies to come out in a long time. I don't know if you guys even even heard of that movie, but it's by the dude that directed or created the show This Is Us. Okay. Um, Ooh, yeah. And it's like is it a like similar that. product? It's is it the similar kind of thing? Yeah, it's like a bunch of different characters, and it's like an emotional, romantic thing. But I heard it's just terrible. <laughs> like people just have their night. It's so bad that the the director had to respond to the reviews. Like they're like, "So, what do you think about people hating your movie?" Like it's like that bad. How interesting! <laughs> we need to issue an apology for your movie. Um, but like Oscar Isaac's in it. I don't know a bunch of bunch of people. Oh wow. Um, but um, yeah, and I, it, it bombed this weekend. But um, yeah, man, I think um, I think I'm just kind of like um, I don't even know what day it is. I'm a, I'm at that age of the, of the baby turned two months today, and so I think it's one of those things where you're you you're, you're just you're just trying to get to bedtime. We didn't get to talk about. There was a TV show you wanted to talk about last time. Sharp Objects, is that correct? Well. We talked about Sharp Objects, and then I talked about I don't Lodge think we got 49. to, did we? Oh, yeah. that's oh, what it did. was, Old Lodge 49. Oh, 49. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. I tried to be, nope, we're not, not going down that. We're no more Thomas and Sean for me. Once a year is enough. Um, Sunday, Sunday, uh, that was impressive. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know where to start for this. Let me pull up the run because uh, I've got my shit together tonight, boys. I am on the mark. Um, what's, we did have a more football to get to. It came from, gosh, how do you talk about the synthesis of this? There was, there was a report from ESPN's Mark Clayton that suggested that uh, Andrew Whitworth had undergone minor knee surgery to uh, deal with a reported knee injury. I don't, I don't know. I do not know. Um, it was very I, interesting. I think you're thinking of the of the wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins in the early 90s, maybe uh, Mark Clayton, or maybe. late 80s, maybe. Uh, but or but Mark, but John Clayton is John Clayton. Is, is, um, ESPN, formerly uh, ESPN's John Clayton. Yeah, he is the one that that must that that. Well, go ahead. I, I don't want to ruin the punchline because it's pretty great. Well, there there is no punchline. I think that was the punchline. Um, he just. Uh, is swinging a miss. I don't know where it came from. Here was the tweet. The Rams are in tough shape this week. Andrew Whitworth had minor knee surgery, and then he went on to talk about a keep to leave in Marcus Peters. Andrew Whitworth responded saying, that's news to me, fam. I am getting a great massage currently, though, uh, to which his wife responded with a quote retweet. Babe, next time you have knee surgery, would you let me know so I can make you a casserole? And I think that was where things kind of got interesting was the mention of a casserole. We have to talk about casseroles, not necessarily knee surgeries, because apparently he didn't have it. Robo, thoughts on casseroles? Uh, you know, I'm not sure that I'm a big casserole guy. However, I did make, I think I told you yesterday, I made a, I made a baked ziti on Sunday, which qualifies as a casserole, right? It's in a pan. It's a bunch oh. of shit thrown together. It's not really a lasagna. Yeah. It's noodles, it's sauce, it's cheese, it's ricotta. It's uh, it's kind of thrown in a pan. You bake it. It's, it could be a casserole, right? Onion. Yeah, I made a little baked ziti this weekend. Yeah, I don't I know. What about loose interpretations of, of of what a casserole is? Because right, it, it's basically just like layers of of ingredients. I mean, lasagna. I mean, it has that same kind of structure of a casserole. Do you know what I mean? But it's it's not. Yeah. It's, 
lasagna. But I, I think you have to have crust, and you have to have a lot of fatty stuff in there. But then you always kind of then throw in stuff like broccoli and, you know, there's usually something in there that is very Midwestern. It feels like a very Midwestern dish. But, sure. Um, but, but you know, they're good. I, I uh, have a good buddy from Minnesota, and I um, we were roommates for a long time. He would always make a casserole. And I was like, man, your Minnesota's coming through rich because, <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't eat casseroles in California much because they're so, they're so heavy. And Do I you think know who we should bring on to talk to casseroles? We need to bring Eli on who? and talk casseroles. He's in Hawaii. Yeah, Ohio. Eli would love it. He would get very defensive of casseroles. Eli would find a way to make <laughs> like a victim. This is why you guys, you guys haven't talked about casseroles until episode 27. Clearly right. you hate Ohio. Hashtag casseroles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ohio. S- probably. S- bias. You're not talking about casseroles, yeah. When, when, when Andrew Whitworth played for the Cleveland, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm sure he wolfed down at least 15,723 casseroles during his tenure with the Bengals. Um, but but I, think, I think it's funny that, um, you know, you, you, you talk about his wife made a casserole. Do you think that's like his, that must be his comfort food? That must be when he's not feeling good, when, when Big Andrew is feeling down. He turns. He turns to the casserole. Well, if you well, guys had, I mean, had ACL uh, surgery, what, what, what would be what would be the food that you would want made for you? Oh, oh, that's hard. Uh, I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't ready I'm for not, that. Ooh. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure what I would ask for, but uh, it would. I, can't, I don't know if I go casserole. I'd probably have uh, my wife make something that she hates to make, and kind of nice. <laughs> casserole. It's uh, what a dick. Yeah. It's like, you yeah. know, I'm not feeling good. I can break this. I can break this card out because you know, normally you'd be telling me to go to hell, but uh, maybe feeling down. All right, let's just shut them up and get. Let's go ahead and do it. So that's yeah. that's the time of strike. So it'd probably be like this this lemon. I like she makes this lemon chicken broccoli thing, and uh, it's it's pretty good. But she just it's not her favorite. I kind of love it. That sounds like a casserole. So, lemon chicken broccoli thing. That's a casserole. Yeah. It's not yep. really a casserole, yep. but you you could put those ingredients and make it into a casserole, and probably still taste just yeah. as good. And it's probably still just as crappy, which is probably why she hates it. But it's one of those things she, she made from when we first got together, got back in '96, and uh, it was it's delicious. And I think I've had it twice since then. <laughs> Maybe it's not as good. I just, I just remember it being good. It's one of those kind of things. Yeah, if I was if I was down and out and I needed I needed her to make me something, I'd I'd pull that card out. I'm, I'm not shy. I'm not proud either. I I'm pretty it. sure if. If you throw lemons, broccoli, chicken, and some cream cheese in the dish and bake it for 20 minutes, I think that's called a Cleveland casserole. I think that's exactly what that is. Nice. Uh, there's, there's no um, way people in Cleveland are eating broccoli. There's no chance of eating broccoli. No, you, you know what? I want to go back to the, so the John Clayton uh, tweet. Well, I don't know if this is true. It's probably not. What I like to think, though, is that – he maybe saw a picture or heard it or something that Whitworth was getting a massage, and John Clayton looks like a guy who has never gotten a massage before. <laughs> so like, this man is going in with a rope. He's clearly getting a surgery. Because why would somebody go into some medical building with a rope and not come out, you know, with, with some wound healed? Because I'll just I'll tell you maybe this is mean, but um, when John Clayton first came on the scene, 
I actually thought he was um, he he was dying, or he had some <laughs> something was really wrong with him. And, and I was he's a small man. What? what why are they letting this dying man on television? Like I thought he won <laughs> like a make a wish thing or something. I I was so confused. And I never said it. It was just something subconscious. Like my subconscious brain was thinking like that man is dying. And then finally after a while I'm like, No, he's just John Clayton. <laughs> he's just a weird dude. He's not dying. He's just, he's just a weird dude. I do uh, I feel yeah. like the idea I do like the other idea of the opposite of Andrew Whitworth like wearing a three-piece suit to a massage and just like completely yeah. formal, you know, sir, how would you, how would you like your massage? Well, no, no funny business. We're going to do it out of book. Yes. sir. Yeah. Cause you know, he's from <laughs> Western Louisiana. So, you know, he, he probably had like a schedule. We got four minutes on the knee, four oh, minutes when, on the car. When did, when did Andrew start sounding like the Yosemite Sam? <laughs> um, <laughs> If it 1993. Yep. No funny business now. Nothing on the inside. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I do, I mean, I do declare I'm going to get that massage about now. This this massage is going to be an outside zone massage. <laughs> going to play outside zone, hands free, no clutching. <laughs> don't go, don't go tap a two. Um, um, all this, right. Well, this, um, now I now I have a now I have an image and um, I also like the idea of Andrew Whitworth eating a casserole during the massage. Like see, that's, that's something that I would, would be the, that'd be like next level. Next <laughs> picture is, excuse picture me, is excuse a woman me, working I... in the sky and you're looking like a shot with like a casserole pan on his on his chest and he's just eating out of it, right? He's just spooning. Need a bite need a bite of my Cleveland casserole here. Let me get some of this lemon broccoli chicken Cleveland casserole. Oh, lady, watch now. You're getting low on the back. That's my haunches. <laughs> Keep the hands high. Um, Sunday. Sunday, boys, was uh, a special good. game. Yeah. Sunday was Jared Goff's mm-hmm. best game as a quarterback in the NFL. Joey, you get to start as the resident J- Jared Goff supporter. That was it. That yeah. was the game. That was the kind of performance we've been waiting for. He was damn near pr- – and I get it, the interception. The interception doesn't really bother me too much because it wasn't – it wasn't like a bad throw. It was, it was almost like, remember the Cooper Cup passes at the beginning of the Oakland Raiders game where they were just kind of off, yeah. where Cooper Cup went out in the flat and for whatever reason, Goff yeah. kind of hit him at his feet. Or, you know, yeah. they, just, they weren't crisp. and It was something between the route and the throw that wasn't in the same lane. It wasn't a bad throw. It was more just like a misconnection. Other than that, he was damn near perfect. He was fitting it into tight windows. We've all seen the gifs, the throw down the sideline to Robert Woods, the one to Brandon Cooks that was nearly a touchdown early on. The coverage from the Chargers was very good. It's just that Jared Goff was better. Yeah, and I think what I like about his play was he just is is unflappable. And McVay even said that when he was doing that kind of – um, that praise that was you know, that he, he didn't really want to. You could see his real weird attention last week with the, the way everything was presented. And um, I think it felt like an evolution from game two and game one where he just put it all together and he just trimmed out the bad throws. And it just felt very just competent. And that's the thing about his play is that he's not a flashy guy. Like he's not – Sure. A Brett Favre type dude is going to be running around with the fist pumps and jumping up and down. I mean, he's pretty even keel, but 
you know, there's there's something about that that maybe doesn't sit with you know it the showtime of of L.A. But and I think just going back to the system QB moniker, I think there's a couple things at play with him, and I think a people still think about his rookie season, and I think that's kind of like a first impression that people still have to shake. So they still kind of think, yeah, he's playing well, but like, man, he was bad that 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 rookie year. And two, I think when you hear him talk and you hear his name, there's just something that doesn't feel classic football player about him. You know, mm-hmm. like I think just, you know, a lot of people think that Goff is kind of like a silly name, and it's funny how subconscious subconsciously like names really kind of matter and affect people you know i think the same thing that's happening with blake bortles i think people think like the guy has a goofy name like i don't want to accept him that he could be a good quarterback you know but like tom brady is a great name and i think when you hear jared goff talk he kind of just sounds like a bro and you're like is this the leader of my team and the the, the thing that he just has to do is he just proves it and i think on sunday he did I do think there's a bit of golf, bro. Quick question, Joey. Are you inside of a steel drum? I am. There's, so there's it, some kind of noise that's I, coming through. It, are, you, are you inside of an oil barrel? <laughs> well, I got, I, got, I got kidnapped by some dudes, but I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. <laughs> it's from the back of a van and, and uh, somewhere in, in uh, Yemen. Yeah. <laughs> This is going to be uh, – this is where I don't get to tell my Yemen story. Um, I like that the audio is still going to be – that's going to be our running theme every week is playing with the audio. Uh, Robo, what do you think of the game? What do you think about system quarterback Jared Goff? Uh, system quarterback Jared Goff was average. Uh, it was better than his first couple of games. There's still room to improve. I mean, I mean, he I did you. miss – he did I miss seven passes. Uh, so, you know, he left seven on the field that I think he can improve on. I mean, honestly, what what can you say about Jared Goff? Uh, he was f- simply fantastic. There was no part of that game. You mentioned even the interception I wasn't annoyed with. It was like, you know what? Young Gerald ran a, a bit of a sloppy route. He just rounded it off. And, and hats off to uh, Derwin James for stepping up and recognizing it. And also thank you, Derwin James, for taking that out of the end zone to the half-yard line so yeah. and you know, blocked the punt later. Um, yep. But, you know, honestly, as far as Goff's play goes, I mean, he was money. He was money and uh, – he would, we've talked a lot about the first couple of games where he's had all day to throw, and he has. He's he's not been pressured a lot. Right. But there was a one play that stood out in my mind that was Uh-oh. shows his progression. Get, Let get me get it ready. Going, get get the Go music ahead. going. Yep, you know what it is. He's pressured. Cup runs like a little what ten yard hook. Goff uh, gets pressured. Uh, Cup flips it around, and you know he's getting. The guy, the guy's right in his face. Goff unflappable. Just lays it out there. Beautiful 53-yard touchdown to the man Cooper Cup. But really, could, that could play he be just, tackled on that play? Was he going down? He was he nothing. would go down. Humans could go down, but not not Cooper Cup. Cooper not Cup. Cooper My Cup goodness. knows how to bring it home. If you know what I'm saying. He, Those hips. He just he has that thigh drive where he just rolls with his momentum forward. Uh, he makes it. Honestly, Jared Goff was great on that play. Go back and watch the Jared Goff portion of it. Uh, you know, he's, he's got people. It was only a four-man rush, but he, you know, sometimes pressure happens on four-man rush. He had a stunt. He got moved off his spot. He had to look. He was looking to go there right away. He couldn't. It was uh, 
it was really special. And then you mentioned the, the, the throw, and we've seen all kinds of video on it, uh, the throw to, to um, Woods on the sideline, but just as good was the throw to Higby on the sideline. I mean, the man yeah, was, he was, was, really, he was really, really good all day long. Um, if you look at it right now, there, there are two guys ahead of him with more passing yards in the NFL. Jared Goff is currently third. He's trailing the guy we'll see on Thursday, Kirk Cousins, by 24 yards or so. But Kirk Cousins got almost 40 more attempts. <laughs> so Goff is playing great, and uh, we're going to need him to continue playing great because we have some bummer news to talk about as well. Yeah. Um, how do I sound now, guys? A little bit, little bit, a little bit better. So we, better. So we took you off the tactical satellite. We now have you on a landline that we're patching through a switchboard in Yemen, of all places. So yeah, it sounds much better. You know what? Yemen is beautiful this time of year. Shout out to Yemen. Shout out to Yemen. Um, and all our Yemeni yeah, you know, listeners. Yeah, and also shout out to the Ewan McGregor classic, Salmon Fishing in the Yemen. One of the oh, greatest beautiful. titles for a movie. A beautiful film. Yeah. It's, um, so we, I mean, why did they Who knows? But let's get back to those injuries. Let's talk about guys getting hurt. I th- one of the things that impressed me about Jared Goff and I guess this game is, yes, the footwork and the presence, and obviously that played a Cooper Cup. What, what I thought was most impressive overall was the variety of throws, right? Jared, Jared Goff, if you need a bullet, he has the perspective to it. He's got kind of an elongated windup because he's so tall and lanky, and for him to really wind up and, and missile one in takes him a second because he's got to go all the way back. Uh, but he can do it, and he can do it as well as anybody. If you need touch, he can do touch. He can loft the ball over the top. The problem, of course, is when you can do all those things and you can have a game like this, is that this is the standard. This is why when we talked about week one, you had to talk about the idea that it was disappointing, that it was below average, because this is what he's capable of, right? Is that you know that he can be this good. And that's really what's impressive is when he puts it all together, you look at it and say – this this is about it's not just an A or A plus for Jared Goff. This was an A or A plus performance for anybody in the league to be able to make the kind of different throws that he's making all over the field, different routes, different times, zone versus man. He was doing all of it, and despite the diversity of what was being asked of him, he was doing it all. Well, you know what I want to bring up too is it felt like he was really honing in on Rob Woods last week. I felt like right. he was really prone. Brandon Cooks, and I was curious if you guys thought that was part of the game plan, or did it just work out that way with the matchups? I think it worked out more so with the matchups. They've talked about this a lot, and Jared Goff got asked about it today, um, where they talked about, specifically they were asking about the tight ends. Do they focus on bringing those guys in and make sure they get targets, or is it just the nature of the individual plays? And Goff said it's just the plays where he's worn through what he's supposed to do and get to guys. Um, what, what do you think, Rob? Obviously, you know, Robert you know, Woods is having a hell of a season, but the has got a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah, but I mean, Brandon Cooks is in the top five in the NFL right now. Um, right. Robert Woods is in the top 20, and then you look at Cup, they're in the top 40. So you got three in the top 40. Uh, I think it just works out that way. You know what? Teams teams decide that, you know, one guy's hot, so we're going to kind of focus on taking that away. All right, I'm just going to go to Robert yeah. Woods. Uh, if, Remember Robert Woods last year? He was better than he was their best receiver. Um, you know, Sammy Watkins wasn't the guy. It was it was Robert Woods. And it's, yesterday it looked like Robert Woods of 2016, uh, 2017. Yeah. He, was, he ran every route 
he ran uh, every everything he wanted the guy to do. He was there. He ran that little that little uh, inside out game at the goal line. You know, uh, actually outside in, busted out and busted back in for like you know, a two yard touchdown. Um, it's all set up with the the girly, girly play action on the on the play. So girly comes in motion. Everyone's watching him. Uh, Woods takes you know a couple steps to the outside and busts it back in on that little wheel route and bam, it's right in the money. Um, I think we'll, we're going to see that all season long. I think we're going to see there's no one to, no true number one on this team. I guess maybe it's Brian Cooks, but if they're going to take that away, then Goff is has no problem going to these to the other two guys. And we saw it we saw it on display yesterday. And the interesting thing is. It seems like there is enough ball to go around. Gurley, you know, isn't getting the rushing yardage right now, but uh, right. he's you know he's he's finishing around the goal line. You can see, you know, Cup Woods and uh, and Cooks are all getting the ball. We even saw them more tight end yesterday. We saw Gerald Everett get the ball. We saw Higby get the ball. Uh, I think we're just getting started on what this offense is doing. It's uh, it's almost like each week McVay just going to bring out a little piece more, a little bit more, a little bit more, and uh, it's it's pretty damn exciting to watch. Yeah, one of the things I thought that was really fun this last week was the use of all the sweep action, the jet sweep or ghost sweep or whatever people are calling it. It, it was one of those things that in the in last year specifically, people ascribed to the existence of Tavon Austin on offense, that this is what we got to do to get Tavon Austin involved, and it's all about Tavon, and this is his role. Well, clearly it's not. Tavon's not here anymore, and they're still using that to major effect, and it's working, whether they, you know, they had Robert Woods, they had Brandon Cooks, they've had Cooper Cup, I think they've had, and they've had Todd Gurley on that touchdown down in week one they've had nearly every major offensive weapon use it over the uh, over the entirety of this season I, that doesn't seem like anything that's going to go away no no I, that's almost a staple of their offense at this point I mean you think about when McVay joined the Rams coming from Washington you're thinking oh you know uh this is a tight end offense because of what they did with Reed but right now their their offense is that that ghost motion getting you looking one way and then hitting you another way. And they're not afraid to let anyone run it. I'm waiting to see uh, Johnny Munch run that damn thing. Let's go. Oh, Let's see it. Henry Krieger Coble. He was with, you know, we bring on Joey and you had Henry Krieger Coble right there. Joey, any concerns that's about the team's performance? That's your boy. Any concerns about the team's performance? Any issues that you're worried about, I guess, uh, going into week four? Yeah, I got plenty. I got plenty of concerns. Oh, wow. Um, for, but first of all, I mean, how do I sound? Do I sound better? Sound good. Joey, you no? sound great. You sound you great. Sound like, you sound like Cooper Cup plays football. So we severed, we severed the landline with Yemen. We have now transferred yep. you to an air carrier voice internet protocol line routed through a casserole in Cleveland, and it sounds great. That's what I'm all about. Okay, so here's... Casseroles. Here's, I... I um, the, Speaking of concerns, I would have to say Sam Ficken is oh. – um, he makes me sad. When I see him trot onto the field, <laughs> I just get sad. And I don't like it, and I want it to stop. And I would rather get any other quarterback that's on the waiver wire because for some reason, I just don't have faith in that dude. Would you, rather, would you rather see that go Ficken. for it than give Sam Ficken a shot at this point? Would you rather see him just go for it? Fourth and twenty-four, yeah. just go for it. Who cares? Yeah. Sam Ficken. All right. Would you, are you that that upset with Sam right now? Uh, well, uh, let, let me, yes. Let, let me rephrase yes. it. At what what yard what yard field goal do you want them to kick it? Obviously, it's a twenty-five yard field goal, and it's like fourth and eight. I think we're all comfortable enough for a twenty-five yard field goal. Thirty, hopefully. 
35, yeah. starting to stretch it. Would you, would you guys, if it's fourth and five on a 40-yard field goal, would you rather go for it on fourth and five, or would you rather kick a 40-yard field goal? Joey, I'll let you go first because I have a pretty good I idea. guess I guess 40-yard field goal. I mean, it's the NFL. I mean, we've got – he got to make a 40-yard field goal, and he missed no, you 46. <laughs> no. I was going to say, no, you don't. <laughs> what if you, if you go for it and you miss, they get the ball to 40. But if you miss the field goal, they get the ball to 47 or 45. Where do they, where do they mark it? Right. You get it from the spot right, right, of kick, right? right? See, you, right. you lose yardage on, on Sam picking that. So I'm, I'm, I'm on team go for it. Um, it's going to be. And, and, yeah. I, I think the other concern is obviously um, – our, our, our corners. I'm not as a concern as other people are because I feel like we have pretty good depth at the, depth, depth at the corners with uh, Sam Shields and Nickel Robert Coleman. Um, but I mean, obviously we've got these huge superstar corners, so I want to use them. But it seems like Akeem Talib's going to be out for, I mean, how long? A month? Four to six weeks? Yeah, yeah. Yowza. Yeah, but that's some heavy breathing in there. We, I do, I, we do need to decide between sad ficking and sad kicking uh, in terms of what uh, we're going to use. Robbo, you were going to say something. I will have a non-PG-13 name for for Sammy F. Sam, fucking ficking is what I was calling him on mm. on Sunday on Twitterverse. Uh, but you know, how about the pass rush? Uh, everyone's complaining right now about the pass rush. Um, and oddly enough, some people are pointing to Aaron Donald. And his right. Passion. I'm not understanding that at all. The man uh, between he and Sue and Brockers, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, but the outside edge guys are non-existent right now. Um, that's that's something that I'm a little concerned with. I was less concerned when I had Akib Talib and Marcus Peters back there, but now I'm a little more concerned with Sam Shields and Troy Hill. So at some yeah. point they're going to have to generate a little bit of pass rush, right? That's something it's really that we the need pass to rush on fix. That. For sure, it's yeah, the on the outside because, cause, yeah, because what they're doing is they're they're either going quick passing routes, which you know uh, neutralizes any real pass rusher you could possibly put together, or they're just stacking guys up the middle where they're completely crowding out the middle and making sure that Ndamukong Sue and Aaron Donald can do as little as possible against double teams and daring guys like Samson Abukum, uh to beat them on the outside one on one, and it's just not happening. Um, I'll give you my number one thing that I'm I'm more worried about long term because when we talk about the edge, you know, and you talk about this year, there's not a ton we can do this year. Uh, I know Joey's building an armoire in the background. I know he'll be with us in a second. Um, the 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 edge isn't something you can do with right now because you've got the guys that you've got. The problem for me is at the tight end position, we drafted Gerald Everett with our first overall draft pick a year ago. We he was did. the number one draft pick in the 2017 class. And, and it, obviously there's recency bias. The interception was a miscommunication, a mis-execution between he and Goff. But Gerald Everett is not coming along yet. And he's not – he hasn't – for whatever reason, he hasn't earned the opportunity from the coaching staff to get the kind of time and get the kind of looks that I was hoping he would have by now. He had that big play field last year. But this is, this is a guy – think about the way we think about Cooper Cup, right? Nobody really feels that way. I love his uh, – <laughs> Did, did Joey just open his tool chest? Is this like Home Alone when the tool chest falls down the stairs? I thought I turned the volume down on the mic. I'm not, I'm not uh, muting it. The, the armor is 
beautiful. <laughs> I just done. painted it baby blue. <laughs> this is great. This is the greatest show we've done. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, mean, I could tell you what I had to do just now, but it's not interesting. Here, do it. You get four words. Tell us what what the hell just happened in four words. Oh, I don't know if I can do four words. Um, you can is it. rock and play one word? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh, it, 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 yeah. So so basically, I had to um, I had to move the rock and play, which the baby sleeps in, yep. is in my office right now because he's having a nap there today, or she. I had to move to the other room because the wife had to drive around. You know, when you have a baby and you have to just drive around on the freeways to get her to sleep. Ooh, so she sure. was like in Magic Mountain just now, just driving up the five freeway trying to get her to sleep. And then she get back and she's like, getting off at McBean Parkway and coming back around. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's, you got to really see the wonders of Southern California. Well, in and 28 we years, they'll be going on. They'll be going on honeymoons to Idaho to look at animals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Gerald Everett, I was just saying, I'm a, I'm just a little disappointed that he hasn't taken hold more for a guy that I really want to, right? He only had 32 targets last year, 244 yards, but it came on those big splash opportunities. This year, we're not even getting the big splash. He's gone three games now, uh, didn't register anything in week one, neither did Tyler Higby, but uh, has had two targets each of the last two games, just 20 receiving yards, and obviously that play in the red zone was a bust, so... Uh, little bit worried individually about Gerald Everett because I kind of wanted him to be the savior at tight end, and it's just not coming along. And if I look ahead to next season and I think, okay, what are the big concerns? Yeah, linebacker's going to be there. Offensive line, obviously, we've getting some age issues that we got to look at. But tight end seems, almost in terms of talent, one of the weak spots we've got for talent. And, uh, yeah, that concerns me. Um, so I, what does I it got con- a real quick Oh, go question. ahead, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. If, so if you've got a, a great tight end – are you going to be able to use them? Well, I, well. so here's the thing. We said that about you know Brandon Cooks and kind of Sammy Watkins and having the wealth of other options. I think what we're, saying, we're seeing is there's room to use all these guys as long as they're consistently getting the job done. For whatever reason, whether it's Tyler Higbee, and obviously he's got less pressure to deliver than Gerald Everett as a second-round pick, uh, they're not getting the job done consistently. Tyler Higbee doing a little bit more in the blocking game. But Everett was supposed to be that guy that was coming through with, you know, the receiving options uh, downfield, and it's just not ha- – it hasn't happened yet at all this season. So I do think – it may not be the guy that's getting, you know, 12 targets, nine catches, the kind of outputs that we're seeing for Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks, but I struggle to think you wouldn't be able to get more out of your tight ends of the position than what we're getting now. Look at what Antonio – 117-year-old Antonio Gates did yesterday. Uh, Look at what Jerry know. Cook did. Look at what Jerry yeah. Cook did to us. Week one. I mean, you, can't, you can't tell me you can't line up in the slot and you can't beat a linebacker going over the middle one-on-one, I mean, that athletic, that body, uh, and just you know, hit him for you know, seven, let, him, let his legs do the rest. Uh, it happened four catches over, for over 40 over. yards? Four catches yeah. for 40 yards, I think, would be totally normal as a regular kind of average output for a Titan in this offense, and we're just not seeing it. They, they, they almost didn't – when you think about what we were doing on third down, the ones were prolific on third down. They weren't using the tight ends in that phase at all. No, non-existent, non-existent. Uh, other than like the one Higby play, uh, yep, it was pretty much non-existent. Yeah, yep. Very um, but very good overall. 
and obviously got to love the trajectory of the offense because that was a golf bet game, and they were near perfect. Had it not been for the Todd Gurley fumble, which, you know, that's an anomaly, not really anything to worry about. The Jared Goff interception, that was just weird, nothing to worry about. You're talking about a team that could have gone seven drives pretty much perfectly uh, to start the game. That's very weird. Uh, what's not weird is that the Rams are on top of the NFC West. We're now 3-0. and uh, we're the only team with more than one win. Things look very good. Um, and uh, sad, what's the right word? Is it sadly, I guess you would have to say, um, the uh, San Francisco 49ers are without Blitzy Cardinanat, their quarterback. He's now out for the season with a knee injury. Uh, what you would have to say is without him, remember last year, they didn't win a single game. And now they're without him again. And what looked like a team, or what at least 49ers fans were hoping, was a team that could contend for the NFC West without him certainly looks like a team that's going to have to have a miracle to do so. And, and, and here's the real question, Rob. You take this first. Have the Rams already won the NFC West? Uh, well, first I'm going to say that it looks like we have two teams in the NFC West who are going to be fighting for a top 10 draft pick next year. Arizona is awful. And as you mentioned, uh, without Jimmy G, that team – and you know, Jerk McKinnon, they've had some injuries as well. That they're not, they're not, they're not very good. That's going to be a problem for them. So they're, you know, but the other team in the division is getting healthy. Uh, you know, as much as we want to hate the Seahawks and living in this town, I hate them more than most. Um, I also respect that they still have some great talent on that team. I'm not going to ever count. I'm not going to count out a Russell Wilson led team. Uh, uh, Earl Thomas led team or a Bobby Wagner led team, and all yeah. Earl KJ Thomas looked awesome. Earl Thomas played great. The interception that. off his shoe Foot yesterday was ridiculous. Just crazy, and so they get Josh Rosen in Seattle this week. Uh, that's going to be a win. And then if we struggle, I hate to say it, but if we struggle this week, and we go into Seattle up with you know three and one, um, and they're they're what they're what two and two, that game is going to be right. for first place in NFC West. Uh, we'll be How coming up here wants to be tied with those guys. So, and they're getting healthy right now. They've got, you know, the Seahawks have a lot of injuries. We we talk about our injuries. They have injuries on the offensive yep. line, which is garbage. They had a backup center play uh, yesterday. They had a backup guard play yesterday. They've missed Bobby Wagner all year. He played his first game this week. Uh, KJ Wright has missed three games. And so that team, that team as well is, is doing the injury thing, but they, they have a shot. You know, we'll see what happens this week to be playing for first place MC West. Now, if we take care of business on Thursday, which uh, I'm still undecided on how I'm going to do my pick this week, um, it's a different, different ball game. And you know, Gurley had a lot of success against them last year. We, we, you know, we blew them out at, up here. So we'll see what happens uh, this week, and I'll, you know, we'll think about it. But I'm not going to write up the Seahawks just yet because three is three is pretty damn good. Even when he's screwing up and doing crazy shit in this town for the first time in about five or six years, how long, how many years, years been in the league? They started turning on him this last week up until this Cowboys victory they had on Sunday. This town was all over Russ Wilson and Pete Carroll. I mean, they're, they're they want him to retire. They want him to go away. It's uh it's been, it's been a little volatile. Now they got the win this week and everything's better. You know, they ran the ball. Chris Carson had a pretty good game and they started playing more Seahawks, you know, football, playing defense and winning by the running game. Um, so we'll see, but I'm not going to count them out just yet. But they are they are well on their way because they still have two games with a terrible San Francisco team. They have another game with with a terrible Arizona game. So that's that's three three more wins I'm going to count on for this team right there. 
Uh, I think they're going to win the West, but there's an asterisk right there with that Seahawks team. How interesting. I wonder if that Seattle media is starting to lean on you because they were they were this close. Now, obviously, the last game they handled the Cowboys, and they absolutely were able to hold 12th man, did what 12th man does, and the Cowboys looked pretty bad. you got to talk about the Cowboys being pretty bad. But if, if it, outside of that game, and especially if they hadn't come up with the performance, they were this close to being a team in to, to in my opinion, to free fall. You talk about the injuries. Oh yeah. The first Ooh. two, the first two games, and, and the idea of what you were talking about with the fans starting to turn on them, they were looking very bad. This is a team that, was, in terms of point differential, only plus one. Another team that's plus one, Cleveland Browns, and they look like they're headed in the complete other direction. I, here, here's the difference, right? Cleveland's on the ascendancy, coming off an zero and sixteen season. Seattle's trying to stave off uh, absolute horror show. They're trying to stave off everything blowing up in their faces from a team that, you know, two years ago was on top of the NFL. And so it's one of those things where how, how, this, this is a team that, that knew how to handle success. Now they're handling the kind of adversity they haven't had in a long time. What, what do you think about the NFC West, Joey? Is it, have the Rams already won the NFC West? Is it done and locked up? Uh, no, I, I don't think it is. I think that anything could happen. I mean, the Cardinals could end up, turning their season around if Josh Rosen comes in and starts playing um, really well, or, I mean, who knows, who knows what's going to happen, but yeah, I mean, I think it looks really good, but um, you know, there's a lot of times where teams go 0 and 2, 0 and 3, and then they end up having a sure. completely different season. So I don't want to, I don't want to say anything about what's, what's the outcome already in this division. Um, but it does seem likely that someone in this division could be getting the services of my man Justin Herbert. Herb. Get a top pick. Herb. We're getting there. That's a that's a beautiful yeah. foreshadowing. That's a beautiful reference. Uh, getting older, Herbie. I'll be the guy that's hashtag too positive. I think it's done, man. I think I, I've got too much faith in Sean McVay. I, I like too much of what I've seen from this team since the games. Overall, I don't I don't have anything to cry about. Somebody's crying in the back. I don't know who it is. They need to shut up. The Rams are three and zero. It's perfect. Everything's going good. I got no problems with it, man. Um, Rob, if if the NFC West may not be locked up, it might be only because the Rams have injury concerns. Let me bring up the Truth. injury report. It's tough. Um, we got. Let's see. So in terms of the official injury report. Mark Barron, Greg Zerline, still uh, ankle and groin, respectively. The four new additions, JoJo Natson with the hand broken, already had surgery. They said today he could be ready as early as next week against the Seahawks. Uh, after you... that, Dominique Eaton. I don't know. I don't. I mean, this your is, job it's is 2018. To catch, catch a kick and a punt, and you're going to have a broken hand and play a week later? I uh, don't know. Maybe they filled right it with – I'm from Texas. In the old days, you would fill that with chicken grease and play on Thursday. I don't know how they do this anymore. I don't know how oh, that's possible. That's, that's unreal. I don't but know. I, mean, I have no yeah. answer for it whatsoever. Um, but, you know, they, Sean McVeigh said it. I'm taking it his word. We'll have to see. That seems absolutely unbelievable. Totally agree with you. Um, Dominic Easley tweaked his knee. He could be back as ready. He, he could possibly go this weekend. Uh, Marcus Peters and Aqib Talib, of course, the other two. They will not be a go. Talib's getting a second look on the ankle tomorrow. 
Uh, sounds like he'll have to have surgery that's going to keep him out probably a month and a half, somewhere around there, all things considering. Marcus Peters, probably on the same timeline as Greg Berline, looking middle to late October. Uh, we'll have to see. But this, and uh, interestingly, Andrew Whitworth, Mr. Casserole, hold, hold on now. Don't, don't you go touching down there. This is a game day. This is a game day. The only lady that give me that massage is old Melissa. Uh, don't weaken the, the legs. Don't, don't, don't you take my strong for them legs. I'm going to need both of them on, Sunday, on Thursday. Don't touch down there. Uh, what I don't know is the, it's, since he's not on the injury report, we have to assume that he's just going to be a full-time go and they skip that opportunity. I do find it interesting. They're not listing him and John Sullivan not practicing Wednesday. If you go back a year ago, remember, Whitworth, right. Sullivan, and Connor Barwin had practices off for Old Man Wednesday. They're not doing that for the first practice. But, you know, to each their own and whatever, they got to manage the health of these guys and they're doing a fine job at it. But this week, we've got some names that we got to deal with. What do you think about the injuries going forward? Uh, it, you know, it, it's, the tough one is Marcus Peters, a keep to leave, of course. That means you're pulling up Sam Shields, which is this is the reason why you signed Sam Shields. Uh, you give him a shot, former right. former All Pro, uh, Pro Bowler, right? I'm not sure he was All Pro with Green Bay. Uh, suffered a couple uh, concussions, was out. Now he's back and healthy. This is why you got that guy. That's why you take a flyer on that, flyer on that man. Uh, and then what? Troy Hill, who we hope we see the Atlanta playoff loss version of Troy Hill, and not the um, terrible preseason Troy Hill, uh, because he did when. When Kevon Webster went down last year, we had the same conversation. Oh no, Troy Hill. Uh, Tim's going to take advantage of us, whatever. And he actually turned out to be okay. He wasn't bad. He wasn't terrible. And he actually played pretty darn well down the stretch. I'm hoping we get that version of Troy Hill back. And then there's the Wade factor as well. Uh, they might have to switch what they do up a little bit, right? You're going to help these guys out. You're going to play more, uh, you know, dime. And you're going to see Blake Countess out there more. They're going to do stuff to cover that up. I think what if they start doing that, you might see teams run the ball a little bit more on them. Uh, we'll see how, how they want to counteract that, but they're not going to throw those guys on the island. They're not sure. I think Wade is Wade's smart enough to know that, you know, that's not Marcus and, and Akeem out there. That's, that's Sam and, and Troy. So we got to do maybe a little scheme thing, a little different. Um, it's going to be a big test. I think he's looking at Kirk Cousins. He's, he's a second in the league right now in passing yards. So we're going to see what's happening. Even with them failing this week, we'll, we'll see how these guys are, what they're going to do coming up on a short week. We'll see how much they can change, but um, I still think this defense is, is good enough to get the job done, and I think that offense is more than good enough to carry this team for a while. They have, uh, after the Vikings, they've got, what, Seattle, they've got Denver, and they've got San Francisco. Uh, that offense is good enough, if they played like they did this week, to, to carry them to victories to get us back to Winkster Lions and Marcus Peters territory. So three, four weeks, do we need to suck this up? Yeah, uh, I, think, I think they have the talent to, to overcome it. Here's I what well, I was just going to say this, Joey, to throw to you. Uh, yes. It's, it's not so much the injuries that worry me. It's that la- – or, or, or don't worry me. It's that last year, going into Minnesota at Minnesota, we lost Troy Hill before the game. We lost Kayvon Webster and Nikel Roby Coleman during the game. This time, yeah. Wade Phillips gets a couple of days to plan for it, and I think that could be the difference. What do you think about the injuries? Yeah, I mean, I think – they definitely have some time to do a game plan. And what I'm kind of hoping or I'm excited about is McVay knows Kirk Cousins. And I think we're going to see a lot of think pieces this week in the next couple of days. I'm sure Gary Klein is cooking one up right now. Where... <laughs> He's at the stadium right now. 
Gary Klein yeah. has arrived at Rams Viking ninety hours before game time. Well, Gary loves to take himself a like a pregame picture, right? Guys arriving with his with his iPhone. Yeah, he He's the only one there. He's the only yeah. person that gets there that early. Gary's on it. So I I think he's probably going to write something, as as many other people will, about how McVay is in the mind of Cousins. He knows how that guy ticks. And I think it would be fantastic if he worked together with Wade and they came up with a game plan to stifle the offense. Because, I mean, if you watched that game last week, they looked like a completely different team. It was crazy how bad they played. Because last season, I know it's a totally different team, but – I really felt like they just dominated the Rams last year, and I don't want that to happen. Of course, they were on, they were on the road. They were in Minnesota, but Minnesota was strong last year. And watching them yesterday or the other day against Buffalo, they looked just like a team that was, I don't know, it, it's like someone slept with someone else's wife or something, but it was <laughs> like it, just, yeah. it, it looked, looked like they it, all just were not a team, you know? Like I think it was happened. I think it was their, their their rookie quarterback who slept up there, and all of their wives. That kid, boy, he, he took it to that D. He took it to that D. <laughs> oh, he took the D, all right. He took the, he D, took D, the D out. D. He took out the D. Gave him the he D. Did, he had a girdle. Did you see he girdled, uh, was it Barr? How Six weird was that? Uh, what was he, that? He's running to the pylon. He thought he was Todd Gurley. Uh, he was how, he how was much, a kid who was fearless. How much do you think that pissed off the Vikings? How much are they going to come in to – to Los Angeles and just how want much, to kill a guy. How much did that piss off the Bills? If Jared Goff ever does that, I hope McVeigh yanks his ass straight to the sideline and says, look, <laughs> you get one giraffe mode a game. When you get to the end, you slide into second base and you get your stolen yeah. base and you get to talk about your baseball career. Don't ever, 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 ever do that. Ever. Just, ever. just like he did yesterday. Jared Goff had a little scramble up the middle and giraffe got his mode. ass down. Right. Get down. He did not Jimmy G on the sideline. He didn't take the hit. He didn't. He, he got down. I'm you still not buying Josh on. Allen. I don't, I don't think um, – I don't know. I, I know he had a good game, but I, I, I don't believe that he's going to be the future of the Buffalo Bills. That's my hot are, you buying Baker Mayf- are you buying Baker Mayfield? Hell yeah. Every day of the week, <laughs> twice on Sunday. <laughs> that right. guy. How about, what about Josh in, Rosen? Josh Rosen? No. You know what? No. I when I saw him at UCLA, I would be like, "Yeah, man, anything he goes, he's gonna be great." But um, just like his body language, it just makes me feel like this guy doesn't want to be there. Like he's always looking kind of like Jim from The Office. Like he's always looking at the camera with like, this kind of smart kind of face, like who me? And it's just like, wait a minute, like I, I don't want you, I don't want you to comp my mozzarella. Pizza Diaz, like, you know what I mean? He just looks like an assistant manager on Applebee's. And I just, I feel like, it, you know, he, he could, he could quiet, he, he has a little bit of that Jared Goff kind of vibe where you're like, this guy is going to lead my team. But, um, to me. <laughs> me and Pam making out of the parking lot. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think, uh, I think Baker May- Mayfield is, uh, I mean, he's my favorite player right now that's not a Ram. I, I, I don't know why. I just I thought that game was, I thought that game was awesome. And I just like the fact that he took that picture with, like, the Tiger against the classic car with no shirt on. He just feels like a 1980s movie football he's movie Burt, character. He's Burt Reynolds, right? 
Yeah, he's, he's, he's got some Bert to him. He's got some Bert to him. Yeah, he does. He he has old the, school like like smoke a cigar like in your mom's house vibe. Like he just kind of yeah. he's the band. He does what he wants. Yeah. He's 2018 know. Bert. Like here's the here's the difference. You, you, I don't know if you guys seen the like the gist of him dancing or some of the yep. other stuff he does. Oh, yeah. Bert would, Bert would never do that because Bert would tell you Bert doesn't dance, baby. Come on over here. That would be Bert. Yeah. Bert would say you, no, I don't. You dance I don't for Bert. Yeah, you Baker for Baker Bert. does it. He just does it well. He's like the millennial Bert. He's the millennial Bert. Well, I'm not, I'm totally cool with calling him the millennial Bert Reynolds. What do you Man, think about Mitch Trubisky? He... Oh, go ahead, Joe. Well, real, real quick, I'm just gonna say that if he played, if Baker played for Dallas, the world oh, would explode. God. It would be, Good it would be perfect. It would, it would be exactly what the, the NFL needs. But Cleveland's a, a close second because they it's love Cleveland. that guy. I mean, they're currently painting murals right now of him. Baker and uh, Baker is going to talk. Oh my God, he's going to talk so much shit about casseroles in like two weeks, and everybody's going to be yeah. totally okay with it. It's going to be great. <laughs> they, they have but, plenty of but, mural but space with, with, with LeBron James out of town. They have plenty of mural space available. That's right? true. Put the new superstar up. But speaking of a mural that won't be painted, you asked about Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I, I, I just I feel like that guy follows the script. He's great for the first – well, not great, but I think if you rattle that dude and you're in the heart of the game and the game plan's kind of out the window – I just I don't think he's a quarterback. I just I feel like, you know, he can follow a recipe, but I I just think when you just throw him out there and he's running for his life, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like there's anything, you know, behind the eyes. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'll say this. I I know it's 2018. Quarterback. He's Rex Grossman. He's he's an interesting bear quarterback. I'll say it's 2018, and I don't know what we're doing anymore. But is he the first guy to ever go back to Mitchell? I've never I've seen guys yes. that started at Mitchell that stayed there. Mm-hmm. I've seen guys that started at Mitchell and left. I've never seen anybody go back to Mitchell. I've never seen anybody called Mitch or Mikey or something else and say, yeah. you know, I'm gonna go back to Mitchell. That's a first. That's a red flag. That's a red flag on my scouting it's report. True. Never trust anybody that really makes you call them by their first That's name. It's Mitchell. one thing if they go for a job and you're like, fine, but like I got a buddy and he's always like I'm Timothy, and you're like, dude. I understand. I'm like, you have a job. Your name is Timothy, but I'm not going to call you Timothy. I don't know why. There's just something about it. I tell you, names are important, and Mitchell Trubisky you, is a bad quarterback name. Have you guys Baker ever Mayfield made somebody call awesome you? One. Have you guys ever made somebody call you Joseph or Robert ever? Uh, you know what? I go by Robert uh, most of the time. I'm a junior. Really? My dad is. Uh, my dad is, but he goes by Bob, and so I I did it so people would not. Uh, I'm cool with Rob, but I am not a Bob. You call me Bob or the Bob? Oedipal, I, I'm the Oedipal name rip your head complex. Off. Yeah, I, I don't. Why do not? Well, my dad and I have both history, but so yeah, I, I just I separate yeah. that, and I I do. If you go Rob, I'm cool with Rob. Oh. I, I I go by Rob with all my close friends. Uh, people at work actually call me Robert. Um, I've just never changed it. But uh, so it's it's mostly Rob. But I will. If you go Bob, we're not going Bob. I will not do Bob. I I'll go by anything other than Bob. How's that? But Joey, are Bob. you a Joseph? No, I am a birth certificate Joey. I hey, was, uh, your parents are cool. I was, yeah, I was named after <laughs> a, a guy my dad was, was was coaching. He was like you know some basketball player living out Thousand Oaks and. Uh, and they're like, oh, you know, we're going to name me after Joe McKay. And so when I was growing up, I, I kind of didn't like my name. I want, because my brother's name was Luke. And like in the 80s, he was killing it, right? And sure. so I asked him, I said, 
I said, Luke, I need a nickname. I need something cool. It's going to, you know, and, and I'm like eight. And he's like, you know, 13. And uh, I said, I need something cool like Duke or Ace, you know, something's going to, you know, not, not make me sound like, you know, like my little Joey. And, uh, and he, he did me wrong. And he said, uh, you know, it'd be a good nickname would be a douche. You could be a little douche now <laughs> and a big douche when you get older. And, uh, and, I, and I, I thought that was great. And so I walked to school and I'm like, I'm a little douche. And uh, that lasted um, an afternoon and I got sent home and my mom had to explain to me what douching was. Oh, so I think for a 13 year old, I think my brother kind of killed it with you know, <laughs> messing with your brother. But, you know. Big brothers. Um uh, here's my name story before we get to other names on the Rams that we need to be talking about. My name is Joseph. I come from an old school Southern Catholic family. My dad's name was James. My mother's name was Mary. It wasn't an option. No, uh, however, what, what was an option, and this is very strange, my father's name, uh, mother's name was Euphia, E-U-P-H-I-A. My mother's mother's name was Udell. E-U-D-E-L-L. And had I been a girl, they were going to combine the names Euphia and Udell and name me Euphidel, which I'm pretty sure is illegal. I don't, I don't know this. I'm pretty sure it's illegal to name a child in America Euphidel. Uh, I'm just going <laughs> to That sounds like a delivery company. You're like, you it sounds like a delivery company. Euphidel. Ufidel Industries has been fighting packing services for the last 40 years. Two days are free. You need it tomorrow? Ufidel. Ufidel is the leader in, in corporate health services, making sure that you get the medical and dental services you need. Ufidel Incorporated. Um, Midwest Ohio Company. <laughs> Have you guys ever had a Ufidel casserole? It's delicious. <laughs> it's wonderful. How is Corporate headquarters in Toledo, Ohio. In Toledo, Cleveland, Ohio, Ufidel Industries, the leader in homehold casserole delivery. Um, Todd Gurley uh, said Thursday night football. Todd Gurley hates Thursday night football. Do you guys hate Thursday night football? Todd Gurley yeah. hates preseason. He hates Thursday night football. Does Todd Gurley <laughs> like anything other than the Patriots? <laughs> Todd Gurley might hate football. I kind of think likes, he's starting to hate football. He likes that paycheck, but every, the rest of that shit sucks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know I, I, I I agree with them. I, I think I think preseason sucks. It's you know necessary, but I don't want to watch preseason games, and I don't want to watch on Sunday either. I think it's yep. um, I I think it's a cash grab by the NFL, and I think it's silly, and I yep. don't think they should do it anymore. I I don't think people like it. I think people, I think one of the best things about football or the NFL, is that you understand the structure of when the games are. That you could tell someone in your life that doesn't like football, hey, it's once a week, it's on Sundays, and we'll have a barbecue, and everybody yeah. will come over. And then you're like, and sometimes it's on Monday. Okay. And you're like, and also once a year, it's also on Thursday. And it's just like, what? Just keep it simple. Like, it works. Sundays and Monday nights, that's it. Like, Thursday totally. night just sounds like we're trying to take totally. over everything. Yeah, I totally agree. Thursday in football, they have the NFL is so concerned about player health and safety, but they're going to make you play a game on Sunday and then again on Thursday. I know the players have mentioned that. So uh, it's totally a cash grab, and I'm with Todd Gurley. The only time I like Thursday in football is if it's a good game and my team's not playing. 
I don't want to see my guys get hurt. Like you said, play them on Sunday. But if I want, you want to show, you want to put some some uh, Saints Falcons on Thursday. Yeah, let them beat the shit out of each other. That's cool. But I don't want to see my boys, my boys on Thursday night football. Here's what I think we're headed for. Games anyways, right? Usually garbage. They do for the most part. Yeah, Yeah. Thursday night football for the most part is garbage games. Here's where I think we're headed. I think the Rams are at the vanguard of this. You got to get rid of the preseason or limit it to find a way to limit the preseason to the back half of the roster and just have maybe two games just to look at the back of the 90 man roster and have your 16 game season spread out yeah. that more than 17 weeks. To me, the problem isn't having Thursday night football. The problem is playing on Sunday and then playing on Thursday. I don't think yeah. anybody would have a problem with more bye weeks where you would have a way to play on a, di- a different day and have more than a week to get ready for Thursday. And I think if you got rid of some of the preseason and the Rams, I think most people are pretty clear that the Rams didn't need it. And obviously not every team's the Rams, but you could get to a place where you're spreading out the season over more time, still playing 16 games and then able to do what you Fidel industries needs. And that's to have games on Thursday and Tuesday and dominate the week of, of TV ratings yeah. to make sure that the NFL owns everything that we love. Friday morning football. That could be 2020, <laughs> the new CBA coming around the coming Good morning, years. football. <laughs> eight, eight, your 9 a.m. game as you're getting ready, streamed to you through Alexa. Uh, yeah, it's coming. Um, one more topic before we get to a, a quick preview of the Vikings game. This might be the only podcast we get to with the game on Thursday. We haven't even talked about the idea if we're going to try to do another episode. I'm down to limit it to this. We're already at an hour four uh, with – Vikings and college football talk. The number one narrative across the NFL this year, I I had two going in. Number one, my number one narrative was the competitive balance of the NFC. I think that's still going to be pretty strong. We're only through three weeks. That's going to be there. Number two was whether or not this season was going to be the end of the New England Patriots. That quite clearly continues to be a narrative that uh, has gotten more fuel. But number three, in the preseason, was people talking about this helmet tackling penalty And I kept saying, look, I think they're just calling it in the preseason. They're not going to call it in the regular season. That has been the case. What they have been calling is these roughing the passer penalties. And if you guys saw the game tonight, it was insane. The Rams got incredibly lucky not to get one on Indomitian Sue's uh, sack. Uh, I saw that and thought the same thing. I don't know what – yeah, you said the same thing real time. I don't know what to say about this. Except the one thing I tweeted is it feels like what they're trying to do is legislate out quarterback hits. And I don't know any – it's only week three. We got a whole season to go through this. But it feels like they're trying to make quarterback hits illegal. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think th- we used to think the rules were there's two places that they had to stay away from, the knees and the head. And we can all understand that. That made sense. But now it's this body weight issue or most or if not all of their body weight <clears throat> drive, driven into the quarterback. And, and, and that's ridiculous because what injury are you going to get from that? Are they worried that these quarterbacks are going to get broken ribs or a spleen or something? It just it stems from Aaron Rodgers last year, right? With, with Aaron Rodgers, Anthony Barr, you know, on the Not shoulder. only just tackling him, but he drove him with his entire body in the shoulder into the turf. And that's that's where the the rule comes from. Is was that one play? Did you see former Ram William Hayes tore his ACL trying to William avoid Hayes. landing on the body this week? Yeah, on, on, on Derek Carr. Carr. 
he tries to avoid and go in an unnatural position to avoid the penalty while he's sack, sacking the guy, and he tears the ACL. Um, I, I don't know how you fix this, and I don't know that they will, but it's it's certainly the hot button topic of the NFL this year. Last year it was national anthems. Right now it's it's this whole quarterback tackling penalty situation. It's it's what everyone is talking about. Here's the thing I don't get with the penalty is that there there's something very obvious about it. And I think maybe if we if we talk about it enough this week, and obviously Rams fans aren't going to do that. We have a game coming up on Thursday. But if national media talks about it, it's obvious that the game would rather have William Hayes tear his ACL and not know how to make a sack than lose Derek Carr. For there. That, that's really what this sure. comes down to, is that yep. that's what they'd rather have. And uh-huh. it sucks because the way to do that is to kind of make sacks almost illegal. And I, I, I mean, that's where they're going. And you see it with Clay Matthews, obviously, and that's going to be a bit of an extreme example. But it's clear, and especially tonight in, in the game between uh, whoever just played. I'm already worried about because I got Clay Matthews on the TV Pittsburgh and I can't think about it. The, the Pittsburgh Buccaneers game, where they were calling bring the passer, they called it, I think, seven times. They called it a ton. It seems like they're just legislating sticks out of the game because they'd rather have a guy like Jim Hayes get hurt than Derek Carr, and it seems that simple to me. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Uh I you saw Richard Sherman, some people probably don't follow him on yeah. Twitter, but he retweeted it but earlier this morning. It says uh, they don't care about the rest of us getting hurt as long as the QB is safe. That's exactly yeah. what we're talking about. Um, it's 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 crazy to me. But, you know, the QB is the marquee position. They're the ones, you know, when they're playing, you're scoring points. People watch. They're excited. Uh, that's the guy they want to protect. That's who they're they're building this league around, and that's that. You know, everyone else, well, irreplaceable. Sorry. So be it. So be it. Uh, you got to throw out also uh, bias admitted. We're all three old men, and uh, I think the league is trying to figure out a way to put together a product for younger men, and that's not us. So uh, yeah, miss me with that. On Thursday, the Minnesota Vikings. This is where. Do you have, Joe, you have uh, reported from inside an oil barrel. You've made an armoire. You uh, created a crib for your baby. Do you happen to have any brass instruments nearby just for the, the, for the Vikings? Among us? <laughs> you know what? I think you did it really well just now, Joe. I just, I, I think we're going to use your uh, mouth trumpet, mouth horn, if you will. Out of the workshop. Um, I've got to, oh man, did I ever have a mouth trumpet in college? Um, Vikings on Thursday, we got the throwbacks. Everything's going to be, it's Thursday night football. It's a national broadcast. Everybody's going to be watching. There's the, the, the Rams are three the and clocks, ladies and gentlemen. They're whoa, coming, whoa, 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 stop, stop. They're, com- they're coming with all of it. They're going to have the throwbacks. We're three and oh, the offense is playing great Thursday night football. It's time. It's time to get on the train, America. Robbo. You sound like you want to get America off the train. I I just want to say we had uniform talk at uh, week three, an hour fifteen minutes into the pod. We got to uniform talk. Throwbacks, baby. Throwbacks, yeah. colors. Uh, honestly, I mean, who's not who's not going to be pumped to, to watch? You know, Thursday night fall under the lights. They look better at, at night under the lights than they do at day, and they're still pretty flat. Uh, fire during the day, but it's just going to look yeah. special watching them come out of the tunnel with the fireworks and all that good stuff, wearing those throwbacks. Uh, I, I, it's, how can you not get pumped up watching that? 
it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to all of that. Um, you know, throwbacks, the blue, the gold, the uh, uh, yeah, it, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. What do you think, Jeff? I'm I'm bummed about all the I'm bummed about this empty seat thing because this is when we're on the national stage and I just think <laughs> that the idea that we can't we we can't sell it out that they have to keep that they put a cap at seventy five thousand and I think and they're not putting tarps over the empty seats so just these scattered twenty five thousand seats somewhere in the stadium. And it just sucks because it makes it look like our fan base is not going to show up for a Thursday night football game. And it's not the case. It's just that that's, right. it's, it's a capacity is 75,000. Well, people and, expect uh, a natural area of Los Angeles to be able to put 100,000 at that place. No, you know what? You can do it, yes, but I'm honest well, with the fans on this one because yeah. that stadium is so old. If you're at the top of the stadium, you're so far back. It's it's not the greatest, uh, so I I'm I'm cool with the 65, but I'm with you, Joey. They should like they do at the Chargers game. They, they should tarp yeah. the, the part the unused part of the stadium. I force, yeah. force you down into the lower part of the ball yeah. so it looks good and the noise is down there. They should they should just, totally do that. Yeah, I just I yeah I just I don't like that stadium. I, every time I go there, I'm just like I I can respect it because it's old, but I don't want to watch a football game in there anymore. So I'm excited about 2020. But as far as the game goes, um, I, 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 I'm really interested to see how we're going to um, handle their offense because I think they're going to come out um, with a big chip on their shoulder, and I think the Vikings are really going to come out to score a lot of points early. And so, um, so my bold prediction is that we're going to have to play it from behind. And uh, I think, mm. and, I, and I'm kind of predicting that Jared Goff is going to. Uh, pull a fourth quarter comeback and um, and it's gonna be a nail. Finally, there it is. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I'll give you I'll give you three quick thoughts on the attendance thing. Num- number one, we, we talk about the idea of seventy five thousand. The fact that it doesn't. I love the Coliseum. I've been there probably fifteen times in my life. I saw USC play there uh, like like Robbo a long time ago. We're not young men anymore. Um, so I have love for the Coliseum, but I find strange that. The, the, the amount of people that the Rams are putting in the Coliseum, even with the restriction, is the amount of people they're going to be able to fill the new stadium with. The new stadium isn't going to be 100,000 people. Uh, it's going to be for a packed crowd. And I just find – I get it. The optics don't lend themselves to the narrative of filling the house. But if that's what they sell, that's what they sell, and that's what they're selling in their place. Uh, number two is uh, the idea that, oh, L.A. is a big city. They can easily get – you know, 90,000 people to show up for anything. Hmm. That would be an, an interesting idea. Put a hockey game in, in the Coliseum. How many, how many people, how many people would show up for hockey in Los Angeles? Put, it, put a minor league. Yeah, exactly. Put a, or, put or a drag game. racing. Yeah. Or put a Laker, put a Lakers game in. Like, come on, man. This, this idea that just because there's, you know, X million amount of people in Los Angeles that they're all going to show up for sports is just not how this works at all. And, and maybe this is, maybe to me, this is just being the contrarian is the, the final idea that I like about, especially having empty seats in, in, a, in Los Angeles for the LA Rams and having the team there is eh, go fuck yourself. Yeah, go back yourself. <laughs> like, 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 oh, you you don't like the idea that we didn't sell out? Uh, kiss my ass. This is the Rams, and we're fans. And you, I don't care. I really don't care about attendance. I don't care if 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 
we play a game and we get 65,000 people there, I don't really care. If we sell out in week seven against, you know, the, the Seahawks, I don't really care. When we get ready for the playoffs, yeah, I want to rock it. We were all there. I want to rock yep. this atmosphere. Until then, I don't really give a damn, man. I really don't. Yeah. I, I don't care how many people are there to face. Oh, we're playing the Arizona Cardinals. You're like, I don't give a damn how many people are there. People use it as this weird barometer to try to, you know, a dick measuring contest between fan bases of different cities. I could care less about that. I find that really silly and really immature and just trying to, you know, the, the idea that if you're from Los Angeles and you love your city, this is the way to prove that Los Angeles is a better city than Cleveland instead of realizing there's a lot of sports teams in some really crappy cities where there's nothing else to do except go see the Green Bay Packers. And the reason people go see them is because they don't have a basketball team. And they do- – oh, you can go see the Milwaukee Bucks. Great. That's not Green Bay, and that's barely a basketball team. Awesome. Have a great time. We're supposed to fill a 95,000-person stadium to come see the Rams every game when there's other things to do than watch NFL football. Hashtag, go fuck yourself. A 95,000-seat stadium that's old and shitty and hard to get to and not a great fan experience. I mean, all that counts. Uh, How much is Shane Oh, parking's $80? Yes, I want to bring – I'd like to park four cars there, please. The people going to Rams games right now are diehard football fans, right? You're grabbing grabbing the people who who want to deal with all the bullshit to get down there, to go to a crappy stadium with bad amenities. Um, You're not going to get the casuals to do that. You're going to get the casuals to go into the new stadium because it's cool and it's the best place to go. Uh, it's gonna be a lot easier. It's it's gonna be pretty. It's gonna be you know, the seats aren't a uh, hundred miles away from the action. You're gonna have scoreboards and video and all the cool shit. Uh, different story. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, you know, we've been to the games. I've been to you know, I've been to preseason games at Coliseum since I returned. I've been to regular season. I'm in the playoff. Uh, all of them are different different atmospheres. As you said, we were all at the Falcon game. That place was loaded and rocking, and they didn't lose because they had no fan support. They lost because they, you know, they, they were not the better team that day. So it's that's fine. I, GMFB this morning they had a little roundtable. Uh, well, that's not my favorite show, and I I very rarely put it on. But they, you know, who's who's the better team, Kansas City or the Rams? And I think Nate and Schrager both went with Kansas City because you know they're both flashy, whatever. And Schrager's talking about they have a true home field advantage, and the Rams do not. I don't give a fuck. Who cares? You know, we'll care. find out in Mexico who's on a neutral, neutral field who's a better team. So, you know, you can be loud and you can be great and that's cool. Enjoy yourself in the, in the sea of red, but uh, don't give a shit. Here, here's the truth. You know who will miss the Coliseum? I will. You know who won't? The, My the daughter. She, <laughs> she was the prof. The, my daughter will not give two shits about the Coliseum. Uh, we got a bold prediction from Joey. Rob, hit me with a bold prediction. Oh, my bold prediction. Uh, I'm going to pull this one off the top of my head here. My bold prediction is the Rams are going to uh, – the Rams' defense is going to step up and limit them to 10 points. I think we're going to see a lot of sacks. I think we're going to see the, the pressure come this week, um, the stuff we haven't seen. I'm going to go with all the stuff we haven't seen to this point. We're going to, we're going to go with sacks. We're going to go with like a, a pick from Troy Hill. We're going to go with uh, – Rameek Wilson with a scoop and score fumble. I'm, that's kind of that's, that's where I'm going with this bold prediction. I'm going to say that the defense is going to shine, and it's going to be the cast of characters. We're not, it's not Aaron Donald. It's not Anamikin Sue. 
it's going to be the you know, the role players and the depth on this team who are just going to step up and put it right in their bundle. Yeah, I like that. I love. <laughs> They're going to put it right in their bunghole. Yeah, I like that. Um, no, no, bundle. That's a Brenda Bates. Oh, casserole. bunghole. Oh, that's one of the best. That's the old Cleveland too. bunghole casserole. Mm-hmm. Little, My grandma used to make me a Cleveland bunhole casserole. <laughs> oh, casserole. Tastes like she made the best. She made she made the best Cleveland bunghole casserole this county's ever seen. Uh, my bold <laughs> prediction: I'm going to go with Gerald Everett. Is uh, I can't. I can't. Ooh, I'm going to I'm going to go with cornerbacks. I'm going to go with the cornerbacks. They're going to get challenged. They're going to come up with two interceptions. I'm going to go yeah. with mm. reserve cornerbacks with two interceptions on Kirk Cousins. Uh, and yeah, we're going to go from there because I believe in him. I believe in Wade Phillips. I believe in this defense. That also hashtag that tells you what I don't believe in, Jerry Everett. Love you, my bruh, but you got to get it together. Boys, roundtable, last chance. Any thoughts on the Vikings game? Joey, uh, what, anything that you've thought of that we haven't gotten out there? I, I, I really like the receivers for the Vikings. I think Stephon Diggs is um, kind of the real deal. He was the number two. And uh, I, um, I, I really just want them to kind of shut those guys down. Because if they don't, I mean, they can make a long day for the for the Rams defense. So I just really want to see them um, kind of really just cover Stephon Diggs like like white on rice, if you will. I do love rice. Robbo, thoughts on the Vikes? Uh, we haven't mentioned it, but they miss they're missing their uh, their stud defensive uh, lineman Everson Griffin as well. He was he had this weird what a story. Dish. Did not show, uh, so I don't think he's going to be around this week, which is a good news for the Rams. They missed yet another pass rusher, which is good for our offensive line. And something you, know, you don't really think about, uh, but their their running game hasn't really gotten going this year. If you look at their their numbers, Dalvin Cook has 28 attempts for 78 yards, a 3.0 average. He's got uh, I don't think any touchdowns. Latavius Murray's at 17 for 62 a 3.6. Uh, Kirk Cousins has the best average. Uh, so that running game hasn't been hasn't been fantastic. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what this D can do. You know, if, if they're, you know, Buffalo got them this week and it wasn't all because of their, you know, amazing offense. Um, I'm, I'm looking to see what the Rams do and if they can continue to keep the, the Vikings one dimensional like they've been all year so far. Hey, I feel you. Um, college boys, we've wrapped up uh, the week three win. We're looking ahead to week four. We've got a week four, week five gauntlet for college that was very interesting. Joey, your boy, old Herb, you mentioned him earlier in the show. He played like an NFL quarterback. Now, I know they didn't win the game, and it was, it was a very weird game. Oregon had Stanford pretty much dead to rights, and uh, for people who were watching the game, there was, a, there was a play where the player was going through the end zone and kicked the pylon while the ball was not in the end zone. That meant the ball was down in front of the end zone, and they ended up uh, snapping the ball over Herbert's head, ended up turning into a touchdown stand. It comes all the way back, wins the game in overtime. Did you watch the game, Joey? I did. I did. I, I, I really was um, was surprised how Oregon was just in control for most of the game. I felt like the running game is pretty, is pretty strong. Um, you know, it's interesting that they – they're now ranked 19th and they're ranked 20th last week. That doesn't happen a lot when you lose a game, but um, yeah, I mean, I think they, 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 their, their offense is better than their defense, but 
I think uh, I'm still on the Justin Herbert train. And uh, I mean, yeah, I think they're fun to watch. They're, they're a fun team. I'm in. One thing I missed uh, last week, uh, Mel Kuyper put out his uh, big board. This was last, gosh, Wednesday, I think. Um, Justin Herbert was his number one overall quarterback, came in at yeah. number 14. He didn't have a higher-ranked quarterback. So, yeah, Herb. He's going to be some in love the NFC West. Hey, oh, good Tell Lord. You. you just put that juju on us. How dare you? Um, Robbo, did you did, did you watch any of the games from week four? Uh, I watched a smattering um, of football this week. And, uh, what does that the mean? What is that? Is I mean, that like watched, a bungalow? It's a bungalow of football. <laughs> it's like a, a bungalow bungalow. Um, I watched part of Washington, Arizona State, and I watched uh, uh, part of Washington State, USC, mostly because, like, again, we're going to USC. Um, I, I was to the point where I was kind of happy that they were they were blowing it, and I, I almost pulled the phone out and put some snarky USC anti-USC tweets. Now, looking in hindsight, I'm glad I didn't because they ended up coming back oh, and sure. winning that game. Sure. So, uh, yeah, but I did see there was one game that maybe someone on the TST staff was pretty interested about, Virginia Tech ODU. Ooh, <laughs> what the hell happened there, right? Uh, Nobody ODU knows. And uh, Virginia Tech. So that's, that's the one that stood out. I guess uh, Baker Mayfield's uh, Oklahoma Sooners had to go to overtime to, to win what their game. What the hell was that, so was that against right? Army? Yeah. So those are the those are the games that really kind of stood out to me on the on the weekend slate. Yeah, I thought it was going to be more fun early on because I thought there were some opportunities for tests. Georgia with a trap game at Missouri. Um, you had the other trap game, Notre Dame, Wake Forest. Even Auburn, Arkansas. Arkansas has been a really bad team this year, but I thought maybe they could funk up Auburn a little bit. It just didn't happen. And so you got throughout the day and things progressed as uh, pretty much everybody expected. And it was a bit of a – a down week, but overall, I thought it was pretty interesting. We get some validation for some of the big teams. What's fun going forward is next week we get weird. Um, we get weird early. If if you want points, if you if you just want to see teams score a lot of touchdowns, West Virginia number twelve plays Texas Tech number twenty five in Lubbock at twelve Eastern, nine a.m. on the West Coast. There's going to be a hundred points somewhere around that, and this is this is as good as coffee. You don't even you don't have to have coffee on Saturday. You can just watch this game and you'll be like, Oh shit, this is waking me up really, really quickly. Um that game's gonna be a lot of fun. One that won't be fun is Tennessee at Georgia. Don't watch Tennessee football this year. It's bad for you, it's bad for your children. <laughs> no, don't uh pit at UCF, number thirteen UCF. That could be interesting. That's in the afternoon. That's a pit team that's designed to screw up playoff aspir- uh, aspirations and obviously UCF is trying to hold on to last year's game, uh the last year's season, excuse me, where they had the whole undefeated run. Florida State at Louisville is naughty. Don't do it. You're better than that. One that's going to be a little bit funky is Michigan at Northwestern. The Big Ten hasn't filled it, figured itself out yet. It's still only September. Big Ten doesn't play uh, football when the temperatures are over 75 degrees. In fact, I'm pretty sure Michigan, if they could, would make it illegal to play football until degree, uh, temperatures are in the 60s. I might agree with that. Big Ten, Big Ten football should not be played until it's in the 60s uh, and casseroles are served outside. The other game that I think is going to be fun <laughs> – before we get to the funkiness, is Iowa State TCU. This is just two weird teams that don't know what they're doing, and they get to face each other on ESPNU. The problem is that game kicks off half an hour against the two powerhouses, or really the three if you want to go three games deep. 
number four, Ohio State, at number nine, Penn State, number seven, Stanford, at number eight, Notre Dame, number 20, BYU, at number 11, Washington. Robbo, uh, this is going to be fun. You're leaving you're leaving number nineteen at uh number twenty four Cal. You're leaving yeah. the, the nightcap Herbert. out. Herbert's going against uh against uh, uh the Cal Bears. I Jared Goffey been tweeted about that today and that guy never takes to Twitter. Yeah, West Coast football. Come on. Right. Yeah. But uh no, the Stanford Notre game Notre Dame game looks pretty interesting to me. Uh, I'll probably check that one out of all the games. I, I plan to do some hiking on Saturday and not being around and so I'll probably tune into the to the later games, the Stanford Notre, I, Notre Dame. I bet you Joe's going to watch Hawaii against San oh, Jose State. You know what? I there just take a, it back. I will be watching boys. no football Saturday. I'm, ta- I'm watching no football Saturday. Uh, I'm taking my wife out for a, a little adventure. We're going on a tall. Oh. You know what a tall? You know what a tall ship is? Tall ship is. A, I have no know, idea what a tall. Is that a bungalow? Are you guys going to a, <laughs> it's a bungalow? bungalow on water? Uh, there's a 117 year old ship here. It's, it's you know it's all wood. It's made with with a huge sail. The whole deal. There's a, a ship in Westport up this weekend. I bought tickets. We're gonna go down and, and take a little sail on this huge old wooden frigate uh, Saturday afternoon. But it's a three hour drive each way. So we're gonna drive down. We're gonna go back. We're gonna come, come back. So no this is the most Seattle today. thing I've ever heard. What is a what is a tall ship? Is this like a pirate ship? It's what you would think of as like an old sailing ship. Like it looks, you know, not really so much pirate ship, but it's an old wooden, tall mass, big, huge bedsheet looking sails. Uh, it's no motor. It's all done what? by you know nature. 117 years old. The uh, the Lady Washington will be sitting in Westport, Washington. That's what it's called, Lady Washington. That thing tours up and down uh, the West Coast, and so we're gonna go take a little couple hour sail on an old big ass boat. Three hour nice. drive back. So that's that's what we're doing. No football. I'm out. Forget it. Forget oh, Stanford Notre Dame. Don't I'm, even watch it. I'm we'll, from Texas. We'll be talking to you on Sunday, um, right? Yep. No, not Sunday. Um, well, I guess I guess you'll be watching Thursday, so we don't have a game on Sunday, so you, you don't have to worry about that. You can uh, you can stay on the boat all weekend long, Rob. No, I got to be back for for Carolina Panthers. The missus is making me come back to watch her <laughs> football team. I love it. I love it. Pull this, pull this tall ship into harbor. I have a Christian boy I need to view with my eyes. <laughs> nice. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm, I'm, my look at this. I'm, bro, I'm from Texas. Anything that seats more than four people in a marine vessel is a pirate ship. I have no idea what you're talking about. You said bed sails. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Um, yes, there is a good chance, and I hate you for it, Joey, that I will watch more than zero seconds of Hawaii San Jose State uh, because this is a, another weekend that I will drink myself deep into the waters of college football. One other thing that we didn't mention, Ole Miss at LSU. I, LSU is now ranked number five. There is no team in the country that does not deserve the ranking more than LSU at number five. Uh, they're going to lose. It's going to be spectacular. I'm going to uh, revel in it. Um, that's about it for college football. That's about it for the game preview, boys. We made it to the end. Thoughts, Robo? Anything we left out? Anything on life, love, and liberty? And and tall ships? And tall ships? Uh, no, I think we covered it. We we were good to go once we went through the whole casserole and 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 going back with uh, the Cleveland special. At that, after that, the rest is gravy. We've, we've covered it all. One pod this week covers your food, your entertainment, your football, your tall ships, your your uh, your your baby crying, your armoire building. We got we had an action packed episode. What about you, Joey? What what you got? Anything? 
You know, I'm just going to make you guys a promise that I will never, ever build an armoire during the show <laughs> ever again. It's a promise that I want to make to those Rams fans out there that the armoire is built, it's complete, and um, it's only going to be crisp and clear audio here on out. There's zero chance of that. Zero percent <laughs> chance. It was beautiful. Um yeah, we're gonna hit y'all back. Uh, we're gonna probably get on the other side of this Thursday game. It's a weird, it's a weird setup. Sunday, Thursday action. There's not a lot of time to break things down from this last weekend and get things into Thursday. Uh, it is what it is. We'll catch y'all on the other side, man. Thursday night football throwbacks in the Coliseum, empty seats galore. It's gonna be beautiful. Y'all know what to do. See you, jerks. All right, now let's go over the checklist. What you gonna What you gonna massage now? The bicep, that's okay. The knee, that's that's a you better be careful though. Which part? Of the what? The hamstring? No, ma'am. The hamstring is for cooking. That is not for rubbing. If you get them hands, anyway, I will file an injunction. Tonight is an awesome night of premieres. First, it's Emmy winning The Voice. Then it's the return of the show that always surprises us. Emmy winning This Is Us. Don't miss Jack and Rebecca's first date. Followed by the premiere of the powerful new drama, New Amsterdam. Tonight on NBC. Abbott and Valdez, head-to-head for the first time, the fight for Texas. We are going to keep Texas the most exceptional state. We may have all that money, but we've got the grassroots. The Texas gubernatorial debate, Friday at 7 on NBC5. Tonight is an awesome night of premieres. First, it's Emmy winning The Voice. Then it's the return of the show that always surprises us. Emmy winning This Is Us. Don't miss Jack and Rebecca's first date. Followed by the premiere of the powerful new drama, New Amsterdam. Tonight on NBC. Abbott and Valdez, head-to-head for the first time, the fight for Texas. We are going to keep Texas the most exceptional state. We may have all that money, but we've got the grassroots. The Texas gubernatorial debate, Friday at 7 on NBC5. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0. Or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. 
Thanks for listening.